Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with IRAC Veteran 8888. Today, we've got another gun gripe episode for you, and we're going to be posing the question, can you have too many guns? Is there such thing as too many guns? How many guns should you have? It's an interesting question, and it's actually a question that a lot of folks ask us, and I think that there's a lot of views from the anti-gun side of the uh, equation, and they don't understand our, you know, America's love and obsession with firearms. It's a healthy obsession. It's a good obsession. Firearms are tools, and when used by free and honest people, they can accomplish a lot of really useful and honest tasks. You know, of course, we know that. But we'll dive into this and have some fun, and I think you'll really understand where a lot of us are coming from by the end of the video. Before we get started here today, uh, I'd like to take a moment to thank our friends at Sonoran Desert Institute for supporting gun gripes. They've got some great gunsmithing programs. If you're wanting a career in firearms technology, they accept all different types of uh, financial aid. So if you're a military veteran, you got your GI Bill and whatnot, you can definitely get that uh, to work for you. Check them out. They've got wonderful programs. They're great people, excellent distance learning programs in the field of gunsmithing technology. So check them out. Sonoran Desert Institute. All right. So let's dive into this. This is going to be a lot of fun. And um, we've done a couple of uh, five guns videos previously. One of them, I believe, we were talking about like the top five most utilitarian guns. And in that video, we went over like some of the uh, categorized, uh, some really useful firearms. And we've got a variety here on the table just as props in this particular gun gripe uh, to kind of show off a little bit. But I think that people tend to not understand that that a firearm is just like any other accessory, right? Well, it's a tool. I mean, a firearm is a tool, just like you have wrenches and pliers and any other manner of like screwdrivers, bits, things like that. In a toolbox, you have different tools for varying purposes. Firearms are no different. They really aren't because different firearms serve very different purposes uh, for a lot of different tasks. I mean, as we're going to discuss in this video. Oh, man. And I'll tell you. So I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Not John Lovell, right? And uh, No, not John Lovell. Okay. I said friend. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Burn on John Lovell. All right. Anyway, sorry, John. No, John's my bud. But here's the thing. I was talking to a friend the other day, and they were telling me, yeah, you know, my wife, um, she doesn't, you know, she's not anti-gun, but she's not pro-gun. She's sort of indifferent about guns. But the way the conversation went is he said, well, my wife doesn't understand why I own so many guns. It's not that she doesn't want me to own the guns, but she doesn't understand, like, well, and she asked the question, well, why do you need so many guns, mm -hmm. right? Well, his explanation is pretty similar to what we're going to explain to you, right, is that firearms serve a multitude of different purposes, right? So, one gun may not universally be the correct model uh, for every type of different thing that you might uh, come across, right? So whether it's, um, you know, plinking with your grandkids with a 22, you know, everyone needs like a good Ruger 1022. But can you hunt big game with a Ruger 1022? No, you can't. So there are certain uh, firearms that, you know, you obviously wouldn't take this 30-06 Mauser right here and go hunt squirrels with it. So, you know what I mean? Each of those tools serves a very distinctive purpose Right. Um, so that that's kind of the basics there. You know, now there are a lot of firearms that can serve a multitude of different purposes. Like the AR-15, one of the reasons it's such a popular rifle is because it serves so many different purposes. You can use it for home defense, self-protection. You can carry it on the road with you and protect yourself while you're out on the road and have a way to fight back against people trying to hurt you. 
Um, you can obviously go and shoot coyotes and a variety of different game up to and including, you know, large deer. You can shoot deer with an AR-15 and, you know, <laughs> hunt with it if you want. Uh, there's all kind of competition and three-gun competition. You've got long-range shooting and uh, all of the uh, long-range precision matches and things and semi-auto matches where people use AR-15s for competition. So, you know, these firearms are in such common use and are used by so many people a lot of folks tend to flock to this type of a firearm because of, you know, the parts support, the ammunition is common, the magazines are common, uh, there's plenty of options to mount accessories and rails and things of that nature. Um, it's just a proven and solid gun that a lot of people like. It is. Um, one of the things with the ARs is, we've discussed in previous videos, and we'll probably discuss it again in future videos just to remind y'all, but the AR, like Eric mentioned, is very versatile, correct? All right, so... A quick swap of the upper receiver, and you could change to a different caliber, okay? A different cartridge entirely by using the lower receiver that you currently have. So you have just one, one firearm, but multiple configurations of that firearm. That's a utilitarian thing, as we discussed in the past. However, just for convenience sake, and if you're able to do it, most people like to have individual rifles for the varying purposes. Because you may not want a pistol brace on a rifle that you want to go hunt with, with a long barrel, okay? A pistol. So... Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean. I but know what you mean, though. Anyways, you don't want a pistol brace on, like, I'm saying, like a 16, you know, or an 18 inch rifle. You don't want a pistol brace because you might want a full length stock so it's a little more comfortable and maybe a little bit lighter weight, whatever the case is, to go hunting with or something. Or shoot a long range competition. I wouldn't imagine somebody would put an 18 inch barrel on a pistol lower and use the same lower for a, a competitive uh, scenario where you're shooting out to like 11, 1200 yards with a 5.56 or a similar cartridge. Sure. Okay. Um, but people have multiple configurations of the same platform because of convenience and just want and maybe a necessity, if you will. I mean, I have multiple AR-15s and they all have a different setup. They all have a different purpose. You know, one is set up as a carbine with uh, the ability to run like a D-ball or something on. It could be suppressed. The other is more like a DMR type rig, like an SPR uh, with a suppressor. With yep. Yeah. And I've got my six, uh, my six millimeter uh, AR that I compete with. That's a completely different setup with a different optic and they stay 100% zeroed and true. I know if I pick that rifle up and take it out to the range and shoot it, I know I can trust my data and it's going to be spot on. They're not taking parts off and things like that. That's one reason why people have multiple AR-15s. All right. And just a point that I want to make early on in this video, while many of you are still here, is that the Second Amendment doesn't dictate a need, okay? It dictates your ability to own firearms for whatever reason you deem necessary, right. you know? So we, we think about firearms in the sense like we think about anything else, okay? This is a hobby for, for many of us, okay? Firearms are something that brings enjoyment, and they bring joy to our lives, all right? Cars. Look at Jay Leno and his car collection. The man has hundreds of cars. Does he need all those cars? No. I mean, one could say that, no, he doesn't need all those cars, but who are you as an American to dictate what someone else needs? You need to mind your own business. Okay. Right. But anyways. But Jay Leno also, the, you know, not to get on this, on this, this paradigm, but Jay Leno is also very, very, very passionate about his exactly. cars. He, he will, he will nerd out and tell you every little yep. bell and whistle and it's awesome to run into someone that loves it so much mm -hmm. that they become an ambassador to that, right? Exactly. He is an ambassador to the car collecting world. He is a Jay Leno is a name that is associated with fine car collectors mm -hmm. everywhere because they know he loves mm -hmm. cars. He doesn't just 
want a no. car to. He loves them, no. and he genuinely wants to preserve them and share them with people. All and right. that's now, a big part of it. Now, we take the way Eric described Jay Leno, and we move it over to us, okay? Right. We collect firearms not only to preserve their historical value and collect them and enjoy them, but those cars are certainly an investment, okay? Uh, right. Firearms are certainly an investment. So if you're able to and you enjoy collecting firearms, you're adding to your investment portfolio, if you yeah. will. Uh, there, I mean, we could go on and on. There's multiple reasons, but those are the main things that come to my mind is preserving the firearms you know, for other generations to enjoy. Maybe pass them along to your children or grandchildren, whatever the case is. But you have so many guns because you like them. Just the bottom line, you like guns. So some yep. people aren't like that. Like I, we were poking fun at John Lovell earlier. John Lovell is the kind of guy that has guns for a very specific purpose, and he doesn't need more than one to serve that role. You know, right. in each category. So uh, he doesn't like shotguns, so he doesn't really own a shotgun, but he has a rifle and a pistol. And that's really about all he needs, right? So people are like that. They say, okay, mm -hmm. well, I'm, I'm more of a utilitarian person. I need these guns to serve a solid purpose, and this is the only purpose that I need them for. I don't hunt, so I don't need uh, a hunting upper or a hunting rifle. Yeah. I just need these jobs or these tools to do their job, and that's all I need them for. I think that it's also pretty important to recognize that, you know, look, if someone only wants to have a couple of guns and they want to, you know, really master those and that's it and they know when they get behind, you know, a given mm -hmm. pistol and a given rifle that they're going to be a surgeon with it mm -hmm. like John is, that's fine. They do their thing and, mm -hmm. and, and that's cool. I actually took level hunting recently uh, this last year and uh, he really enjoyed it, right? So he's trying to open his eyes to that. Uh, but anyway, the point is, is that, yeah, so, some of us want to have a bit of a library as well, right? Mm -hmm. So just like you would collect a, a fine shelf of old books, yep. uh, or you want to have that knowledge available, right? You know, you can refer to a book, open it, read it, there's the information. Mm -hmm. If the internet doesn't work, if there's no power, if you can't access all your digital uh, media and everything like that, books are a hard copy of information and wisdom, right? So books are a great thing to have. So very much in that same vein, I treat firearms in the same way. Now, I'm probably a little bit jaded because of what we do here with the channel. I have to have a fairly large collection of guns because if we need to do a comparison type of thing and show different stuff off, I have to have a bit of a library to choose from so that we can have those things uh, available, right? Think of it as an engineering library, right? Say that someone were to pose the question to me, well, Eric, uh, what, you know, this direct gas impingement, okay, this tube that runs up this AR right here, you know, where did that come from? Is is did did Stoner did that just come out of Eugene Stoner's mind and and that's it, right? You mm -hmm. start to dig a little bit and do some sort of archaeological digging when it comes to gun archaeology <laughs> and you start realizing that it's it's not necessarily a new thing. It's mm -hmm. just something he integrated into this, but just because this is the most famous rifle, pistol, whatever that uses a direct gas impingement type of operation, I can then refer to my library and go all right, well, we have an AG-42. Look mm -hmm. at this tube, right? You know, we have a, a French uh, MAS-49, whatever. Check this out. Here's mm -hmm. this tube, right? Or what if someone goes, well, man, the SCAR is a cool gun. All right, well, where did the SCAR come from? Did it just appear out of someone's mind? Oh, well, by the way, we have a FN-49 here. Now we're going to show an FAL. Mm -hmm. And we can show the, the lineage, lineage yep. of where that gun came from. Okay, yep. So it's great to have a comparison. Some people are just really into engineering. 
Uh, I love the engineering of firearms. And while, yes, they are useful tools and, and they do serve different purposes, I particularly love military surplus rifles for that reason, because the engineering is so interesting, right? When you look at the culmination, you know, it's hard to appreciate this, right, unless you've gone back 140 years and seen what it took to get here. And you start to see all these tiny little engineering quirks that get built in to these guns. And it helps you appreciate Eugene Stoner's genius that much more when you see all of the firearms that he took inspiration from to get to this point. Yep. Right. So when you look at it in that totality, it becomes all that much more cool. Right. So I'm in a unique and very lucky and blessed situation for me to have access to what I do because it helps me make this channel better and help you guys learn better. And it helps me become more uh, knowledgeable about the things that I'm dealing with because I go, well, wow, you know, in this AR-15 bolt, there's this cam here, you know, and it cams and there's a cam pin that rotates the bolt out of the way when the bolt's in battery moving, right? This movement causes the bolt to unlock, right? This camming action. And you think, wow, that's a really smart idea. Is there any other mill serps that use that type of canning, camming, camming action? Then you look at the K-31 and you mm -hmm. see the rotating bolt and you see the cam it cams, right? And you're like, wow, it clicks. And you realize like, you know, there are so many other awesome guns that the same type of technologies that go into this have been around for a hundred years or more in some cases, right? All Eugene Stoner did was take uh, modern materials and take the best aspects of what he thought came from the gun world from many, many different areas, and he put it into one system that has stood the test of time because the technologies that he put into this have stood the test of time. And that is... A show of genius, and that, and, and to, but to come yep. to that conclusion, you would not come to that conclusion had you not collected a lot of things and realized where those technologies came from, so you could articulate it in the way I just did. Yep. So, if by now in the video you can't tell that we're passionate about firearms, you know now. That's right. Um, like when you're discussing like collectors, okay, there are people that collect firearms, and there are people who have way more vast collections than you would ever see us have or anybody that we know, friends of ours. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I think about people like Dragon Man. I mean, he has one of the world's largest private collections of firearms, and I mean, out there. And he's just out out in, uh, I believe, Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But uh, you, you have pattern collectors. Okay, some people focus on a particular pattern of gun. Like they might collect old uh, Colt repeating, you know, lever actions, whatever the case might be. They might collect... Winchesters. Yeah, Winchesters. Uh they might collect uh, John Browning designs. Mm -hmm. So they might have all the you know, old like Model 8s, pre-Model pre 8s, uh, Model yeah. 11s, things like that. Um, the old Savage 300s and such, whatever. Any mm -hmm. of the uh, Savage 99s, I believe, was a John Browning design too. But any of that kind of stuff, you know. Um, some people are handgun collectors. So they might just collect semi-auto handguns of a particular variety, like only military surplus. Yeah. Uh, you might just have military surplus collectors. Uh, but mm -hmm. you get in handguns, there's... So many different handguns and so many designs, borrowed designs, combined designs and things, I like modern renditions of old technology, uh, wheel guns. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you could go literally down 20 or 30 rabbit holes just on, on this table right now, just starting from like the Ruger 1022 and digging deep into that and branching off and then branch off of the Mauser 66 here and then branch branch off of the Schneider. I mean, it's just incredible. 
how much history there is just on this one table right here, let alone you know behind us or in our collections. Right. But people are passionate about firearms, and firearms are not evil. All right, this is one of the other points I wanted to get to in this video. Yeah. The, right. Why do you need so many guns? Yes. They can't understand why you have so many. So you know the the general consensus out there with the the vast majority of the populace, as far as the media is concerned, is that you know guns are bad, and if you've got more than you know more guns than you need, then you must be a criminal or you must be planning something, you know, evil in your heart. You might be the future mass shooter or something like that because you've got so many guns. I see these stories all the time where an arsenal was collected and it's like three guns and a couple hundred rounds of ammunition. That is not an arsenal, okay? I mean, an arsenal is a vast collection of firearms that are readily available to put out into use, that is an arsenal and right. ammunition to support it. You know, I mean, the U.S. military has an arsenal at their disposal. Because, the more correct uh, uh, term, <laughs> the more correct term for the word arsenal, in my mind, when I think arsenal, I think uh, I think a rack of four or five hundred guns in an armory that are all the same. Yes, and that have you know a number on the buttstock that a soldier is going to go over and go, "That's my rifle," and go grab and, it and go fight a war, like. Arsenal means armor implements and things like that. Yeah, you know, arsenal too, means me. your military, like you're handing it out. Yes. You know, like like he said. But anyways, uh, the the whole thing is the the media would have the general public look at gun owners, and if you own more than a few guns, then you might be a troublemaker. Uh, that that's just the general thing. Is gun owners are always villainized and. It just never ceases. It just never stops. We're always seen as the bad guy, just gun owners collectively. Like, if anything goes wrong with someone with a gun, if a criminal uses a tool for a bad purpose, then all of us, 2A supporters and gun owners, get blamed for that criminal activity. We see it all the time. We see it with the government when they want to uh, remove the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. They want to uh, make manufacturers and dealers and distributors responsible for the actions of individuals with those products. It's the same thing that we see as gun owners, the way that we're treated across the board with the media and Hollywood and everywhere else. Okay. Uh, social media, the whole on yours, but we're just normal people. We just like guns, just like people like anything else. I mean, my grandmother collected spoons. The woman had like 500 spoons. Why do you need so many spoons? You know, like the collectible yeah. ones with yeah. the little images like, and things. I mean, what else do you collect? Like, I I collect lanterns, okay? And I collected shot glasses and stuff and old, like, table lighters. You yeah. know, like the, the old school, like, 30s and 40s era, like, table lighters and things like that. You collect things because you enjoy them. You, you enjoy using them. You enjoy looking at them. Well, think about it like this as well. Okay, we did our lanterns episode, all right? And Chad brought over all his lanterns, right? Not all of them. Not all of them, but he brought over the most <laughs> predominantly available and interesting lanterns from his collection <clears throat> to showcase that. So what's cool about that is very much in the same way that we would do, you know, maybe a Five Guns video or something like that, um, that that helps people understand, like, you know, maybe there's people that didn't know about those lanterns and now mm -hmm. they do. So you're kind of preserving the history. You're keeping the, the kind of um, the ritual of using real deal lanterns mm -hmm. alive. You're getting people interested in it. And that's kind of thing. You're forming an ambassadorship. Um, mm, exactly. A lot of people may not know this. I um, So I'm into music too, right? So mm -hmm. I, I love music and, and I've been, I come from a musical family and I love guitars and amplifiers and effects pedals. And, and I nerd out on that. Mm -hmm. Just like I nerd out on gun stuff, right? Yeah. And I and yeah, I mean, like 
I own a lot of a lot of equipment that I've bought over the years, you know, and it, it's taken me my whole life uh, to save up money and mm. and and you mm. know I've sacrificed things to have some of these these things that many would consider you know maybe a luxury, but yeah, I own tape echo machines and I have amps and guitars and I mean I have one of the largest collection of vintage magnetone amplifiers probably outside of them, like outside of their their company, mm. right? And I love them <clears throat> and because I feel like they represent a, a certain area of Americana that's a bygone era, and I like the tone of the amplifiers. I love the way they sound. I love the way they look. And my first amp was a magnetone when I was a young man. When I started playing when I was around 12, 13 years old, I picked up a guitar, and, and that was my first amp was an old magnetone, and I just kind of really got hooked on that type of sound and wanted more of them. Um, so, again, it's an ambassadorship, right? I have those, not because I'm trying to hoard them, but because I like sharing them with people. So that's why I have my Guitarsonal channel, right? Shameless plug, by the way. Ding. But Look, I've got a little music channel. It's not super popular, but we post, we post review videos on all this stuff that I get because I love sharing it with people. It takes me way more time and effort, and Chad, editing effort, to make those videos than what they, what they really accomplish in terms of, you know, we don't make money on that, right? But we love to share that stuff with people. Because I want to be an ambassador to this cool gear, right? I want to share it with people and get more people involved and understand it so they can know why it makes me happy. I want other people to have the happiness that I have when I crank up that vintage magnetone or Fender amp or, or you know, get the, uh, the oscillating tape echo going or, or feedback. I don't know. It's just you want to share the things you like with other people because you want them to like what you like and understand why you like it. And guns are the same way. Whether it's music gear, lanterns, stamps, spoons, guns, cars, it doesn't matter. We like what we like, and we want to share those things with other people so they know why it brings us happiness. I collect socks, too. I'm kidding. I'm, My I'm dog collects. collects socks. Oh, she does collect socks she out does. in the yard. Um, <laughs> she, one, they're everywhere, all, all right. over the house. So just a, a personal reference here. One of the reasons that you know I have the firearms collection that I have, I actually haven't bought guns in quite a while because I focus my efforts on other things like the garden, ham radio and other things. I put my budget toward that. The but, lanterns. Um well I mean you you went through a phase where you bought dude, look, you have more lanterns than any person but, I've ever known. But look, I, I scoured like every antique store and every flea market and I got those things cheap. This as dirt. guy has like forty Coleman's. And well yeah just just Coleman's. Right. And then I'm we don't count the other ones like the Adas and yeah, we're not going to talk about the Adas. Um, but look, look, look. Let's All just right. say if it gets dark, he's your man. Oh, I can light up your world, baby. <laughs> All right, look. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, it just got real in here. Look, so when, when you find a good deal, okay, if you've got the budget for it, then you want to jump on that deal. I mean, like, I can't tell you how many times we've been in just random pawn shops and things like when we're traveling all, we'll just see a little hole in the wall place and pop in and they'll have a great bargain on a military surplus that we may already have an example of, but mm -hmm. it's like, God, how can you pass that deal up? All right. You right. do that a few times a year for 10 years. Well, there's 30 more guns added to your collection, right? It, it's easy to, you know, just buy a onesie twosie here and there, especially if it's something that you don't have and you found a great deal on it or whatever. But that's another reason that people, you know, have so many guns is because they they purchase them and they keep them to enjoy and they're a great bargain uh, in a lot of cases, especially in the used market, of course. But um, that's a great point. But anyways, it, it, it 
things add up over the years. I mean, I've been collecting guns for over 20 years when I first started shooting and stuff. Um, and you amass, if you buy guns and shoot regularly, you amass quite a few you know, examples in that time frame. And as Eric mentioned, you know, it is like a library, uh, not only uh, you know, of history and trying to keep that alive and, and pass it down to another younger generation because um, we're getting old. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's also, you know, like Eric mentioned, being an ambassador to the shooting sports and to the 2A as a whole and owning those firearms because it is your constitutional right to do so. And if you want to take advantage of it, you completely have that right to do it. In owning more firearms, you're almost just becoming more and more and more 2A. It's like you get. You know, the eagle on your shoulder is getting bigger. Like, ruffles his feathers. All right, a quick story about the Snyder. All right, right. so this is a great example, okay? I was was bumming around in Vegas at the Antique Arms Show, and I bumped into this gentleman that had this. And, uh, you know, he was a dealer or whatever, and... uh, and I thought it was really cool, and I always wanted a Snyder. And so a lot of times when I'm out and about, if I'm at a show or something, or, or I'm just out you know, at shops and stuff looking around, I may not necessarily go, okay, I'm walking in here with the express, con- uh, the express uh, uh, intent of purchasing a firearm or a piece of music gear or whatever. I just try to kind of go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Open right. Mind. I let things yeah. just talk to me and speak to me. And this this gun kind of spoke to me. I'm like, wow, hey, yeah, hey, this, is, this is hey bud. Hey bud, come here. Hey, hey come see me. Hey, get over here. <laughs> well, well, anyway, I went I went and picked it up, checked it out, and like, wow, this is a cool Snyder. Mm-hmm. And uh, we agreed on a price, and we came to you know an agreement, and we were good to go. And now I got Snyder. So look, I was I planning to purchase a Snyder that day? The answer is no. I, this is the last gun I thought I would find that day. I wasn't planning to purchase a pre model eight. You know, when we right. went, I think we got these about the same time and it just yeah. so happened. I was like, man, I've been wanting one of those and it was a beautiful example. And like, I'm going home with that. Sometimes the coolest guns that you have in your collection wind up being guns that you really wasn't intending to find it. Mm-hmm. So you weren't intending to find it. And the story that goes along with it almost is just kind of part of the gun's history. So it's like every time I shoot this, I think about, you know, where I was when I got it, the people I was with what they got that day, you know, what we did that day, what we ate for dinner that night, uh, you know, the process of shipping it back and go, you know. It, it tells you, a story. You kind of remember where how you came in possession of that gun. And then more stories happen mm-hmm. with this gun, okay? So this gun has a lot of sentimental value to me because, I mean, our video on this particular gun, it did really well, this rifle. You know, everyone loves seeing this rifle on, on the video. And every time I take this rifle to a shoot, everyone wants to shoot it. So it becomes it, it it has it it gets its own aura, right? Every gun gets its own little personality, right? Then you name them, right? So it, it's kind of one of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Over time, a, a gun becomes kind of ingrained in you know the the culture of you, like mm-hmm. your culture, right? So that's why firearms are important. Yeah. That's why we collect firearms because we collect stories, we collect experiences. Right when I when I grab this Mauser and go hunt with it, every time I shoot a deer with this Mauser, I think about the people that have shot deer with that Mauser for the first time. Like for the that, first time, you know? I think about the, the the great experiences I've had with this rifle, the people I was with, mm-hmm. the way the air smelled, what we had for dinner that night. We got drunk and drank beer and hang out at deer camp. You think about the memories that are associated with guns. They re- they have sentimental value to them. Or I take my grandpa's deer rifle out. I remember maybe my grandpa sat in a deer stand with that rifle 
and now I am. So I'm keeping the heritage of hunting alive and I'm using his rifle to do it. So, you know what I mean? Firearms are part of our heritage. <laughs> That's why we collect them because we collect experiences. We mm. collect stories. Um, we collect culture. I just got a little bit of uh, like air of the Goonies. Like, this is our time. This is our time. <laughs> That's right. Not their time, our time. That's right. right. And one day these guns will get passed down to yep. my grandkids and and they'll get to share those stories yep. with their kids so like the way that eric is describing the snyder the, this gun has started uh new memories and new experiences for folks who may not have ever shot a military surplus or black powder firearm before and it kind of scratched that itch you know or started started that itch i guess mm-hmm. and now they might be uh, you know, interested in black powder. They might be interested in military surplus and looking into the history thereof and such. Um, as Eric mentioned, you know, when we've taken this, like Snyder, out to shoots and stuff, it has began new memories, okay? And it has scratched or started an itch in folks to get out and maybe get interested in black powder or get interested in military surplus or whatever. And it's starting like a new branch, okay, if you will. Um, and that's what, like, anti-gunners and such don't want. They don't want new branches being started. Look at this little devil. But they don't want new branches being started with more gun owners. I mean, that's why, you know, guns were taken out of the schools back in the day, too. Uh, you know, used to, schools would have rifle teams. And they would shoot real rifles and uh, shoot competitively and teach marksmanship and, um, you know, just com- uh, character development, uh, responsibility, among other things, okay? Uh, good fire- gun handling, yeah, safety, all fire- that stuff. Firearms owners are inherently, usually, good, responsible people because this is... It is a tool, and it is a dangerous tool. Let's not be coy, okay? Firearms can be dangerous, but with proper safety protocols, they can be just fine, just like any other tool. Any tool that you have in your tool chest can and will be dangerous at some point, okay? But no matter how many guns you have, it doesn't make you a bad person, okay? And that's the way that gun owners are portrayed, all right? You look at places like Britain, for example, where you're limited on the number of firearms that you can have. The anti-gunners here would love to have a system like that in place to say, okay, well, you you can't have this other military surplus rifle until you evacuate that slot on your license that we gave you the privilege of of keeping, you know, so you can exercise your right because we say you can. Now, it doesn't work that way. Americans can own whatever they want and in whatever quantity that they're capable of owning or to their desire. That's the bottom line. And there's nothing that anybody can do about that. But in doing so... What you actually do is limit the amount of great memories you can make with the variety of, of guns that you have. So exactly. in limiting the firearms, you're limiting what you experience with your rights by, by having that limited. Yep. I mean, like, who wouldn't go out to a shoot and shoot this custom martini? This is uh, one that Mark Novak gunsmithed, and he's a genius gunsmith, does great work. But how could you not shoot this martini here and then not immediately think, wow, you know what? I didn't think about owning one of these, but now I want one even if it's just a full-size rifle. Mm. So that's what it does. Mm. Firearms are sort of the gateway drug that gets us more into the concept of it. And I think that, too, there's a little bit of the sort of keeping up with the Joneses aspect of it, right? You know, humans are competitive by nature. Like, when we see someone with something cool, we want to get something better or more of it, right? It's natural <laughs> for us to want to keep up yeah. with the Joneses. That's And then that's a very American trait, right? It's like, you know, someone comes pulling up to deer camp with a cool truck, and you think, wow, Man, that's an awesome truck. I want a nice truck. So we want it, a little healthy competition. It's always a nice thing. So there is that aspect as well. Mm. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's gripe. Uh, I feel like... A lot of firearms owners are unfairly 
uh, looked at with a, a, the wrong lens, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that the mainstream media and all of these large social media companies, they mm-hmm. purposely show the side of the of the story that they want to tell and not the true stories out there with gun owners, right? They don't show the good parts. Yeah. They only focus, they hyper-focus on the very, very small and minuscule bad uh, actors out there that, that happen to use guns. But they don't focus on the really huge pool of people that look at firearms from the perspective, like as we described mm-hmm. in this video. Look, one, one final thing, just a, <clears throat> a short story. I'm not going to name names, but... Uh, a personal friend of ours <clears throat> had a very, very amazing collection of firearms. And, um, you know, he, in, in some senses, had to kind of keep it a secret from a lot of people in his circle because a lot of people in his circle were not gun people. They were very fervently anti-gun uh, in his line of work. Um, and he was pressured and pressured and pressured so much that he said, you know what, I'm just tired of being pressured all the time about firearms and being poked and prodded about my gun ownership and the exercising of my Second Amendment right, and he he sort of gave up, if you will, and he sold off pretty much all of his collection. Um, and it was impressive. I mean, we it, it was a very impressive collection. I, I, I that's all I can say. It was just an amazing collection of firearms, vintage, military surplus, modern machine I mean, guns. I, I mean, like everything, everything, everything under the sun. But you know, in in his case, he let. Like the anti-gunners and those negative nellies out there win against a constitutionally protected right that he had every right and purpose to exercise. Um, and, and that's what the media and like I keep going back to the media and politics and, and ho- politicians in Hollywood because that's the mentality that they want to get into your brain <clears throat> is that. Oh no! It, it, you, we we can't have you owning guns because this reason, this reason, this reason, and they want to badger you and just corner you and just completely destroy you, okay? Emotionally, physically, if they will, in some cases, uh, because they just don't like what you have and they don't want you owning it, um, and, and it's not their right. But don't anyways. allow yourself to cave in to the peer pressure no. of anti-gunners, right? <clears throat> articulate your point and if they can't accept that and accept you for the person you are the good person that you are then the hell with them maybe you need to find new friends maybe find new friends but anyways just a short story a very true story and a tragic one you know as far as gun ownership goes absolutely thank you so much for watching today's gripe we hope you enjoyed it and i hope everyone has a great week and we have many more gripes and many more videos on the way we hope you'll stay tuned make sure you hit that notification bell down below Mm -hmm. and subscribe uh, we're a growing family, over two and a half million subscribers. We'd love to have you be a part of this uh, this movement, mm-hmm. if you will. I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you so much. Go over to Ballistic Inc., pick yourself up a snazzy t-shirt. That's one way that you can support us. Also, a huge thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. You guys rock. Thank you for supporting us directly and helping us put these videos together. Uh, many of the funds which of which have helped us procure many of the things we show off in the video. So you are a direct uh, contributor to the lifeblood of this channel. And thank you so very much for being a part of that and helping me help others learn about firearms. Have a great week, guys. We'll see you soon. Have a good one.